Hello, friends and fellow moms, and welcome to our third episode of the Moms on the Air show. I'm your host, Katie Mann, and this is my lovely co-host, Maddie, who didn't go down for a nap uh, this afternoon, so we'll see how she does over the next uh, half hour. And this week, I'm so excited to be joined by my good friend, Angela Thurston, to discuss parenting then versus now. And what the evolution of parenting has been like for her and what it's like to raise a child today versus, you know, uh, 18 years ago. So, Angela, welcome. I'm so happy you are here. Hi, thank you. Uh, thank you for that wonderful, warm introduction, Katie and Maddie. Um, I'm like uh, like uh, Katie said, my name is Angela Thurston. A little bit about me. I am a... And I am a full-time employee. I work from home remotely. I have two beautiful daughters. I have one that's going to turn two on May 14th. And I have one, my oldest, who's going to be 19 in a week and a half. So um, speaking, you know, the comparison of parenting then and now is a huge, it's, it's definitely evolved and it's changed for good and bad. So what do you see as the most significant difference, um, you know, talking about like your parenting approaches, you know, today versus, you know, uh, Bella, who is your oldest child versus Eliana? So with Bella back then, I was also very young. I was 23 years old when I had her. Um, I actually, I did it as a single mom. I did the pregnancy alone um, and I raised her on my own until I met my my current husband, um, and definitely it's it was different back then. We didn't have, you know, back then in the early 2000s, Bella was in four, we didn't have cell phones where you can open your cell phone and pop in Cocoa Melon. We barely had video capability on our old Nextel flip phones. Um, you know, that was, you know, back then when you went to a restaurant, your child's acting up, you busted out the crayons and you busted out the little books to keep your ch- children entertained. Now, do they have crayons anymore? Or, you know, do you see that anymore at uh, restaurants? restaurants? Yeah, but not as much. I do, but I do see is like, granted, the servers and the hostess will give you a kid's menu, they'll give you the crayons, but then the parents are automatically triggered to bring out that iPad or that um, the iPhone or any, you know, the the Amazon uh, little tablets with the little handles and their kids are now being programmed to, to self-soothe, to calm themselves down with this technology. Back then when Bella was smaller, we just brought in the little books, the coloring books. We had playing cards. We, you know, she was like four. We taught, we're teaching her how to play goldfish, go fish in the restaurant. Granted, you know, it was kind of inappropriate, but in the sense of, you know, you really shouldn't be playing cards at a table because you're supposed to be eating, but it was more stimulating in a way where it was teaching her how to count. Nowadays, we pop in our kids in front of a TV, an iPad, a cell phone, to keep them calm instead of learning how to, you know, focus, you know, to drive that energy into something educational. Granted, you could be watching how to count or anything on an iPad, but the technology nowadays, it's, they don't know how to use social skills. I mean, I remember being little and going to a restaurant with my parents. We got the crayons and, and, you know, the placemats that you color on, 
But if I was acting up, my parents didn't have that. They didn't have, you know, um, technology to put in front of me just to keep me entertained. Um, nowadays, you know, it's, it's at least with Eliana, um, we bring out the iPad only for like long car rides because yeah. when we're in Disney World and having a toddler uh, kick and scream for eight hours is not fun. But True, and you can't leave her behind. <laughs> yeah, we do have other, you know, ways of calming our kids down that I still use from when Bella was younger. You know, we bring those little storybooks that you push the buttons and you can read the story to them. It says, you know, Winnie the Pooh got his head stuck in, in the honey pot. And here mm-hmm. comes, and and Christopher Robin, you know, has, you know, is tooting his horn. And you can push the button where you can hear them toot the horn. What you was know, things- Bella's favorite story as a kid? Oh, my goodness. Bella's favorite story. She used to like, my goodness, it's kind of hard. Um, how, guess how much I love you, which is still pretty classic. It was just still a classic. Um, That's a cute story. Yeah, I, I, you know, my favorite book when I was five is When You Give a Mouse a Cookie, <laughs> which is still around. That is. I, I like to read that to this little one right here. Yep. And Eliana, she has this new, and with technology today, she has this new leapfrog, and it's a little book. And you turn mm-hmm. you press the buttons, you turn it on, you turn the, the heavy page, but you can push, like, on the monkey, and it makes the monkey noise. Oh, wow. On the kitty cat. It goes, meow, and... You know, we do bring that with us, even though it is technology, but it's not a computer screen. It's still like a digital book. And it's yeah. teaching her what these sounds the animals make. And it does it in English and Spanish. Ooh. So, um, That's <laughs> so like, yeah, um, things that I didn't do with Bella when I was younger, because I was, you know, back then, single mom did it on my own. You know, obviously I had help from my mom um, in daycare, but um, I didn't have... I didn't, I wasn't able to give her as much a time, uh, uh, time and focus because I was taking care of her in the yeah. sense of daycare and working at a location. Um, nowadays, now we're post pandemic. Um, I work remotely. So I do get to see Eliana a lot more. Um, that's no, it's a bl- being able to work remotely is a blessing for all moms. <laughs> it truly is. And I'm very blessed that my company is very supportive of that. They understand that driving an hour, 40, 40 minutes to an hour in traffic just to go to a site to be there at 8am when I could have just, you know, and then drive an hour back. That's two hours. Either I'm missing on work or missing quality time with my child. Yeah. What's nice is like during my lunchtime. You know, I come out and Eliana, you know, either my mom or my husband's watching her. And if I want to put her down for a nap, I can't. I get to feed her or I can, you know, I can go outside with her. Yeah. Just for even for this for myself. It's it's really good for my mental health and my well-being to feel like I am a present parent. I'm not an absent parent. No, um, I completely understand. And you kind of mentioned this before, but if you kind of elaborate, how have the te- uh, you know how the advances in technology affected parenting and family life? And you know, in your opinion, what are the pros and what are the cons? So, technological advancements. Okay, one thing that we didn't really have as you know back in two thousand four when Bella was born was baby monitors where you can actually see your child. That's amazing. Yeah. We only have those ones where you can hear the baby cry. So nowadays, I know there was companies 
that have technology where you can put a little alarm on their foot to monitor their pulse oxes. You can watch your baby sleep. You can see if your baby is, you know, is their little foot stuck in, you know, in the little, in the railing, you know, we can keep better tabs on our, on our child, especially the, you know, as a new mom, (laughs) it felt like I was a new mom all over again when I had Eliana two years ago, you know, when you have your first child, you cannot sleep because you're afraid they're going to stop breathing. Yeah. And now technology, they have equipment where you can lay your baby on a nanit mat and it will let you know an alarm will go off if there's some kind, if your baby's in some form of distress. Yeah. It lowers the risk of SIDS because we can monitor our children that way. Even the, the visual monitors that we have now, like, you know, Hey, my kid's up, but they're in there playing quietly. I don't need to go in there and rescue them. Or my kid has been crying for 10 minutes. Let me just see if there's another reason why. Because, you know, we could be ferberizing them. Teaching yeah. them to soothe during sleep. But also gives you a peace of mind. Hey, is it successful? Hey, you know what? Eliana's been crying for five minutes. Let me give it one more minute. And after that minute, your kid's out. You're like, great. It works. My kid's safe. I don't need to go in there and intervene. My child is learning how to self-soothe. Um, those are the difference of technology between baby monitors that I noticed and I find it so great because nowadays we can also look on our cell phones and use those as baby monitors. Um, yeah. Well, there's some brands out there that it hooks up to your cell phone. So you could be, you can check on your baby while you're in the backyard gardening or right. while you're cooking dinner, you know, and you can say, okay, baby's still asleep. I can move on to the next step. Of no, my- it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. Going up the stairs to do laundry, you know, it, 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 you can just check and it, it gives you peace of mind as a parent, knowing that you can watch your kids see, sleep, see them sleep soundly and they're not in any distress whatsoever. So what you would know? you say though? Those are clearly the pros, but in your opinion, what's a con? <sighs> Too much technology, overstimulation from the technology. Um, our children are, don't know how to get excited over a book or how to play independently because they're just so engrossed in what's on in front of them as part of the screen. Yeah. Um, and I mean, granted, I'm guilty of it. Eliana loves watching, you know, Frozen or Coco, but a lot of it is because she loves the music. Yeah. Actually, when we watch the movie Coco, we actually have two guitars in our bedroom, one on my side of the bed, one of my husband's. And when she hears the guitar, she'll actually get up and run <laughs> and play with each one but she oh that's awesome at least in that case associates that cartoon has music in it and we actually have those two instruments in our bedroom and she can play with them at the same time which i think she has a knack for but it's you know what this advanced technology because now that our kids have access to the media and the media has so much heavy weight in on what our kids are learning yeah. Um, and it some and a lot of the times I don't personally agree with what the media is putting out there and what they deem acceptable to teach our children. Yeah. So kind of branching off on that, how do you think for for you, how do you and, and James, your husband, how do you navigate the challenges of modern day parenting, you know, in regard to issues like social media? We well, luckily Eliana is only two, but we watch Del Baby Instagram account. No baby Instagram account, (laughs) but you know, occasionally I will post uh, maybe a photo of her here and there on Instagram, but it's not. What's your your opinion? I, today I see a lot of baby, you know, babies who have Instagram accounts. I worry about that because 
it's not private inform it's not private it's not between you and everybody everybody the world has access to it and with um trap you know human trafficking it freaks me out personally because i you know only people that really should know my child exists and what they look like are people in my immediate circle and then yep. I'm with. I don't like the I, and my kid is not famous my kid's not in disney show it's not, it's not, it, I feel does not need to be in, on the world stage to display. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I, I agree with you. It's, it's definitely, definitely a difference where, you know, I see that often with babies who have Instagram accounts with, you know, thousands of followers and you think, okay, you understand the business aspect of it, but then you also say that might not be a good idea. There's no anonymity for your child. Yeah. And now, you know, because the people are so smart, unfortunately, in these other countries that steal identities, they can figure out when your baby's born. They can figure out what state, what, what town they were born in just by your baby announcement. Yeah. And they can figure out how to steal your child's identity before you were even aware of it. No, and, it's scary. And with kidnapping and human trafficking, it's not something... I'm completely comfortable with. Like when Eliana was born. Nobody's comfortable with human trafficking. <laughs> nobody's Definitely not. I am nobody's fully comfortable. against that as well. Yeah, I think everybody is. But, you know, I don't want my child's photo really out there. When, when she was born and we wanted to, you know, the day she was born, my mother-in-law posted the announcement and I told her to take it down immediately. I actually remember that. That's why I, uh, I texted you saying congrats. And I and I that kind of freaked me out a little bit because it wasn't in my control. It wasn't yeah. in my terms. And there was a lot of people I hadn't told I was pregnant because it was during the pandemic. And I was a high risk pregnancy, being you know thirty nine at the time. Actually, I gave birth to her uh, three weeks after my fortieth birthday. You know, I it wasn't I wasn't, and I asked my mother in law to remove it immediately because it really wasn't her news to share. No, I agree. I decided that it was okay to share her name. You know? Yeah. Because think about it. If I share her name, people figure out where I gave birth to her and where we where we live. Somebody some somebody's smart enough to go out there and try to steal her identity at some point. No, it's scary. And kind of shifting topics, you know, um, have you noticed any changes in the expectations that society places on parents today? Compared to what back when Bella was a child, and that again is our wonderful co-host who is adding commentary. <laughs> She's so excited about this topic. She is. So trends, you said. Yeah. So like anything or like expectations that society places on parents today that was different when Bella was a kid. Well, I you know living in two different states. Um, I had, uh, you know, I had Bella in New York and raising her in New York and the expectation as a parent was just to be there and schedule playdates with your kid and just show up for parent teacher conferences. You really weren't expected to be, you know, at the soccer game or you weren't expected to enroll them in Girl Scouts or get them involved in everything. They were available, but you really weren't expected. They weren't really, you know, uh, you know, they weren't really cost effective also as a single mom at the time. Um, with Eliana, she was born in New York, but we're raising her here in North Carolina. And I noticed that a lot of parents are more active with their kids. You know, in New York, everything was so scheduled. 
you want to have a play date with so-and-so? Okay, let's call mom and and we'll schedule a play date and we'll meet in like two weeks for two yes, hours. Get it on the calendar. Let's get it on the calendar. But, you know, living here in, in North Carolina window, I have a little, it's like a little pocket park in front of my house. I see the little girl next door run across the street to the other little girl next door's house, knock on her door, and then they grab like, they grab their toys. They grab sidewalk chalk. They grab the little yeah. and they're playing. It's, it's no, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. Old. Yeah, it's a nice thing to see. And definitely kind of that flexibility is a wonderful thing. Um, and, you know, for you, how has, you know, in your opinion, how has the cha- relationship between parents and their children changed over that time? And what impact do you think it's had on family dynamics? I want to say my impact with, you know, and I, I can only associate it, you know, speak to my relationship with my older daughter, Bella, and, you know, how things were 20 years ago. You know, it was just me and her, even though we were close, but she was always in aftercare programs and she was always in school and I was always working or my mom would help take care of her. Um, you know, my relationship with her has definitely, there was, there was a lot of strain, especially during the teen years, um, because of where we lived in New York, there, there, the school system. It's also, it's also two teen years, you know, I I think, you know, it's something I'm not looking forward to, but I, I feel like it's just like the rule of law where it's like the teen years, you know, if, if your teenager isn't moody. And, you know, doesn't have a moment where they say, I hate you, mom, you know, like something's off, Yeah, you know, Um, she's already already talking back to you. She is. She is. For anybody watching on YouTube, you can see our co-host is adding, you know, some, some conversation here and for you, and is there any parenting trends from the past that you wish would make a comeback or anything you think that should be left well, behind? Parenting is a trend that should be a comeback. And I think it, this is, and I know you're a soccer player and you're youth. Um, I believe that children should not get in. And as a parent, you should encourage your children to participate, but also be more active in understanding how to handle losses and wins. Um I feel like our kids have been so given participation trophies and they really don't understand that when you win or lose, it's an actual learning experience. Like I know you had to work harder. Yeah. It teaches you to work harder, try harder to navigate um, conflict resolution. You know, I used to play soccer, I softball cheerleading, and I know you play competitive soccer and I taught you how to work harder try harder, think about problem solutions, how to, you know, when you win that great feeling that you get and being part of a team. And nowadays, like I know this participation trophies, these kids don't understand that just because you participate, you haven't learned anything. You haven't learned to get better at your craft, how to get better at kicking that ball or how, yeah. to, how, to, get, how to push yourself internally to that next level. Cause you want that feeling again. And then when you learn from a loss, you, you know, to feel that feeling of defeat, it teaches you, hey, I don't like feeling like that. Let me try a little bit harder. Maybe I can do something better myself. I'll, you know, I'll never you know. forget when I was in fifth grade, it was the first time I tried out for travel soccer and I got cut from the team and it was, I was so upset. I remember crying and everything, but it then it also taught me 
to work harder. And I, you know, one of the things I needed to, you know, be able to run faster. And that was something that I actually practiced doing. And the next year I made the goal. It gave you a goal because it knew it, 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 something that you wanted to strive for. And I don't think we see enough of that. It's when we lived in New York, we didn't see enough of that. Yeah. Um, everybody got to And it's like, well, everybody's the same, but you know, also when you, when you're being competitive, you can find out if you're really good at it. Can you go up to the next level? Yeah. If you're not, yeah. Hey, maybe I'm better at something else. Those interests into something else. No, and I, I think too, you know, it teaches people, you know, just to work hard and to. That. She likes to work hard. Yes, work hard at pulling mommy's hair for anybody who's watching live. But no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, um, you know, I just, I really want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing your insight with us. Um, you know, you are someone who I go to for you know, motherhood advice, and I'm grateful. And most importantly, I hope you will join us for a future episode. Absolutely. I'm happy to. <laughs> and for our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And I hope you will join us next week where we will be discussing more motherhood topics with our lovely co-host here. And I want to thank everybody again for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe wherever you're listening and give us a five-star rating. And until next time, I'm Katie. This is Maddie. And we are the moms on the air show.